Welcome to the No Lay Family Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the triumphs of tennis great, humanitarian, and all-around good role model in tennis world, Novak Djokovic, and certainly also dedicated to the fans, No Lay Family out there, supporting Novak, rooting him on, cheering him on to greater heights, and certainly helping support him into uh, achieving even greater heights in the tennis world. As we speak to you, it is Friday, just leading up to the U.S. Open. This week has been Fan Week. I am in New York City this week. We had a number of events at, over at the U.S. Open. We had some Legends events for the older players. Uh, we also had an open media day, open to the fans for the first time in history. That took place today, Friday. Uh, so it's been a biz- busy week. Also, Novak has been busy as well, making some personal appearances for some of his, his sponsors. Uh, certainly, ASICS Tennis, uh, he made an appearance there in a Q&A session. I was fortunate enough to be at Macy's this week at the Lacoste uh, uh, center. Uh, he made some appearance, did some, some signing of autographs for the fans as well. So certainly a fun time and it was great to welcome him to New York and certainly a lot of Nolay family in attendance there. I would like to say thank you to all the Nolay family, the folks out on social media, especially Twitter, who are keeping everybody informed of what's happening with Novak and all the interesting information. It certainly is a worldwide network of Novak fans and it's very great to be connected to you guys and staying informed. So thank you all for that. Also, I will mention this is only our third podcast, so we would appreciate you if you followed us out there on Twitter. We'll certainly keep you informed of when new podcast episodes are coming up. We'll have more to say during the U.S. Open, so you can follow us on Twitter. Or you can go to podbean.com, where the host of the podcast, and you can just look for Nole Fam, that, that hashtag. It's just the N-O-L-E-F-A-M is the name of the podcast, and follow us there. So again, the purpose of today's podcast is just to give you sort of a little bit of a history of Novak at the U.S. Open. And certainly I'm going to focus though on 2010 and 2011 because I think those were two very important years in the development of Novak, his tennis career, and really sort of took him to greater heights in terms of what he could achieve and did achieve because I think those were key years. But we'll look back and put that all sort of in perspective today. Starting back at 2005 and 2006, in both of those first two years, Novak at the U.S. Open, uh, he came into the third round and was defeated in the third round. So his first first intro to the U.S. Open. Uh, in 05, he lost to Verdasco in the third round in five sets, 6-1, 4-6, 6-7, 6-4, and 6-4. So Novak did have a two sets to one lead there. The following year, he loses to Leighton Hewitt in the third round. That one was straight sets, 6-1, 6-3, and 6-2. And if you look at those two years, I've, I've sort of lumped those two years together. I think it is worth noting in both of those two years, Novak was out early, but Roger Federer went on to win that tournament. Uh, and he beat Agassi in 2005, and then he beat Roddick in 2006. And I think that just sort of gives you some insight. Those were those years back between 2003 and 06 where Roger Federer won a great number of Grand Slam tournaments before Rafa and before Novak really came into their prime in terms of becoming champions. So Roger had a little bit of a head start when the field wasn't really quite as competitive as it is today. We, you didn't have the big three or big four competing for those championships on a regular basis. But nonetheless, Roger went on to win both of those years. Moving to 2007, 2007 was a bit of a breakthrough for Novak. He was able to make it to the finals in 2007. Uh, a win in the semis against David Ferrer, uh, 6-4, 6-4, and 6-3. But he did lose to Roger Federer in the finals, 7-6, 7-6, and 6-4. Certainly three very close sets and a very frustrating loss, I thought, for Novak. It certainly is frustrating to become that close, have that many competitive sets, and not quite be able to get over the hump and win that match. Like very coming very close, and it was his first final there at the U.S. Open, so it was a, certainly a mark, a breakthrough event to some extent. In 2008, uh, he lost to Roger Federer again, this time in the semis, 6-3, 5-7, 7-5, and 6-2. 
And then moving on to 2009, again to Roger, again in the semis, 7-6, 7-5, 7-5. Again, three very close sets, very difficult loss for Novak to come that close, but to lose to Roger again. So those three years, again, I lumped those three together because all three of those years he lost to Roger Federer once in the finals and two times in the semis. Those were the years where I really can recall becoming a big Novak fan and really becoming appreciative of his tennis But I could, because I could see the potential there and I could see certainly the frustration. It was, it was certainly difficult years for, for Novak. He was certainly becoming close to a champion, making strides every year. He certainly had some issues with his diet that he addressed later on, and that was a key as well. But uh, so many tennis players get to that level where they're very close to the top players in the game. And after a couple of years, when they can't beat them, they become frustrated and start to drop out of the top 10 or out of the top 20. And they don't have the will to power through that. It really gives you some insight into the will of a champion, the will of the will of Novak Djokovic to be able to overcome those three frustrating years losing so close to a championship and to continue to persevere and become the dominant player in all of tennis. So moving on to 2010, that was sort of the first really really breakthrough year I think that was really key in the future of his career. It's really when he started to rise to another level. 2010 certainly beat Roger Federer in the semis. He won, won five sets. Wins at 5-7, 6-1, 5-7, 6-2, and 7-5. He did go on to lose the finals to Rafa, 6-4, uh, 5-7, 6-4, 6-2. So he loses to Rafa that year in four sets. Going back to that semifinal match against Roger Federer, in this one he had double match point in the fifth set. Uh, he was able to fight back and win and overcome that and, and win the, the, the match against Roger. So really a breakthrough match after losing three consecutive years to Federer, but knocking him off in the semis and coming back from that double match point. Really, I think it was a breakthrough, not just in the, the tennis game for, for Novak, but also in the mental edge where he sort of flipped that mental edge from him to Roger. And then moving again to 2011, certainly to me the most enjoyable and perhaps the most iconic uh, tournament of, of Novak's career. In the 2011 semifinals. Uh, he goes on to win that one. Uh, he beats Roger in the semis, 6-7, 6-4, 6-3, 6-2, and 7-5. And certainly iconic for not a lot of reasons. I know that a lot of the fans out there already know this, but he was down two sets to love, came back and won the next two sets, forced a fifth set. But in that fifth set, he was down 5-3, and Roger Federer had 40-15 lead, double, break point, double match point, double championship point on his serve. Roger Federer serves the first ball wide, and Novak hits one of the most iconic tennis shots in tennis history. A forehand cross-court laser beam uh, with a very little margin for error, catches the line and, and wins that point. And he goes on to win that game and the match, and ultimately the championship. He knocks off Rafael Nadal. This time he wins in the finals over Rafa, 6-2, 6-4, 6-7, and 6-1. So a couple of important items to, to note here. 2011, knocking off Rafael Nadal in the finals was really key as well because it, the previous year he had beaten Roger but lost in the finals. I think it was important for Novak to go ahead and finish off this tournament and win the U.S. Open in 2011. Certainly it marked the third uh, Grand Slam of that year that he had won, so three out of four in 2011, uh, culminating in the U.S. Open win. And also, if you go back to the, the 2010 win and the 2011 win over, over Roger Federer, you know, Roger's been known as one of the most mentally tough athletes in all of tennis and certainly in all of sports throughout most of his career and you look at look at the match against Roddick that he played back at Wimbledon when uh, when certainly Roger had beat Andy 16-14 in the fifth set 
yeah, Roddick said after that match, you know, people know how physically gifted Roger is, but they sometimes don't give him enough credit for his mental toughness. And he mentioned that in that match, certainly Roddick had dominated, won the first set, dominated most of the second set, but lost that one in a tie break. And he said, you know, Roger just continues to, to be mentally tough when things aren't going his way until he can turn the momentum and, and start to move things in his direction. So I think he was the, the toughest mental, most mentally tough uh, player in the tennis game until, until Novak beat him in 2010. I think he really flipped the script, so to speak, and became much more dominant from that moment on against Roger Federer and certainly culminating in the 2011 win. You know, I could see for the first time I can recall uh, in Roger's career, he really seemed psyched out by that shot that, that Novak hit. And if you look at the next point when it was 40 to 30, Roger had the lead. He still had a chance of a championship point on his serve. He hit a uh, serve into the body of Novak, and Novak didn't get a really good shot on it. He was able to get out of the way of the ball and get it across the net, but it looked like Roger had an easy forehand slice winner for the championship, and he hit that ball wide, and I think it was really an indication that, that Roger was mentally not only frustrated, but became intimidated from that point on. I think if you look at the not only the shot that, that Novak hit, but, but how relaxed he seemed in that moment and how he played it up to the crowd, I think that was really a changing point, a kind of a changing of the guard in terms of the champion of the mental game of tennis, flipping from Roger to, to Novak. And I don't think it's ever been the same when Novak has faced Roger from that moment on. I think Novak, to some extent, has always had the upper hand in those head-to-head matches from that point on. Now, in 2012, 2013, and 2014, Novak didn't have quite the great uh, record in Grand Slam finals that he had previously. He, he struggled a bit in the Grand Slam finals, though he continued to play at a very high level, and he did win a major in all three of those years. But at the U.S. Open in 2012, he defeated Ferrer in the semis, but went on to lose to Murray in the finals in five sets, 7-6, uh, 7-5, seven, 2-6, six, seven, six, six, and 6-2. Six, so got down two sets and wasn't quite able to come back in that one. In 2013, again, he knocked off Stan Wawrinka in a great semifinal match. He beat Sam and uh, Stan in, seven, in five sets, so 2-6, 7-6, 3-6, 6-3, and 6-4. So a two sets to one deficit, and Novak is able to fight back and win that one. But he does lose to Rafa again. Nadal beats him 6-2, 3-6, 6-4, 6-1. 6-4, and then in 2014, he loses in the semis to Kei Nishikori, uh, 6-4, 1-6, 7-6, 6-3. So one of the rare instances where Kei is able to overcome Novak. And so I, I look at those years, 2012, 13, and 14, you know, I think there was a little bit of a hangover effect. It took, it took Novak so much discipline to be able to come, become number one in the world and have that iconic 2011 season, which was maybe the best, the best year any tennis player on the men's side has ever had, 2011, winning you know, three of those four Grand Slams. And you look at his overall match record, certainly was stunning that year. I believe he won 10 titles overall. So I think there was a little bit of a lag effort uh, effect in 2012, 13, and 14. It took him so much effort, so much commitment to all the aspects of his game, whether it was his fitness levels, his diet, the, the different aspects of his game, whether it was the net play, his service, which got better. All those aspects got better. So it took a lot for Novak to reach that point. And I think it took, it had a, it took a little bit of a toll on him in 2012, 13, and 14. At one point, I believe he lost four out of his of, of five uh, Grand Slam finals, but certainly toward the end of 2014, we could see him start to come back into form. And I think, and by winning the 2014 Wimbledon, that really set him up for a great 2015. I think it really kind of flipped the switch. It it, it broke that streak of losing four out of five uh, Grand Slam finals, and it sort of set him up for a, a great 2015. And certainly, once again, 2015 ranks right up there, just about, uh, for the most part, with the 2011 season. Again, one of the greatest 
uh, seasons of all time. In 2015, specifically at the U.S. Open, certainly Novak was able to beat Chilich in the semis, a, a dominant performance, 6-0, 6-1, and 6-2. And then the win in the finals over Roger Federer in four sets, a 6-4, 5-7, 6-4, and 6-4. And specifically speaking to that match, you know, Rob, Novak wasn't at his best that day when he played Roger. He was faced with 23 uh, break points in that match, and he was able to save 19 of those 23 break points. So you talk again about the mental toughness and where he was in 2015 versus where he might have been in 20, 2008 or 9. He had really come a long way and you could see it in that match. He wasn't serving his greatest, but you talk about a guy who was at his best at the biggest moments of the match. That certainly held true in 2015 in that final against Roger Federer. Again, you can see the frustration with Roger with so many break opportunities not being able to overcome them but certainly a credit to our champ, Novak Djokovic, in winning that match. And following 2015, of course, 2016, he, he was able to win both the Australian and the French and culminate, uh, cap off that calendar slam for Novak. Moving on to the 2016, the latter half of 2016 was a little bit tough for Novak. I think if you look at Wimbledon, again, there was a little bit of a hangover effect of that playing at such a high level for such a long time. At that point, he'd won five of the last six major championships. And you look at the, the turnaround time between the French Open and Wimbledon is very short. So if you look at what it took for Novak to play at that high level and also to finally get that French Open win. Uh, Novak in, 20, in 2015 certainly came very close, very frustrating, a very, very heartfelt loss for Novak losing the French Open to Stan when you know, Rafael Nadal had been knocked out of the tournament. It looked like Novak had his chance to win and lost in the finals to Stan. And, but coming back 2016, overcoming that and staying focused and winning in 2016 against Andy Murray and, cap, and capping off that, that career slam. But I think that took a toll on him. And you can see in Wimbledon, we had an early exit to Sam, uh, Sam Querrey of the United States. And in the U.S. Open in 2016, he was able to knock off Gail Monfils in, in, uh, in the semis, 6-3, 6-4, 3-6, and 6-2. But he did lose to Stan Wawrinka in the finals, 6-7, 6-4, 7-5, and 6-3. And I think certainly at that point in time, Novak was starting to feel some effects of the different – he had some injuries to battle through. I think he had some blister issues, and also the, the elbow was starting to bother him some. So I think he was fortunate to be able to get to the finals. It was really an accomplishment for, for Novak to get that far. I think getting to the, to the finals of that tournament – you know, he had a couple of guys retire, I think, during that tournament and maybe a walkover, but uh, still, nonetheless, a, a great feat – after all he had been through to get to the finals, though he didn't win the tournament that year. So that kind of re recaps Novak at the U.S. Open. Of course, last year he did not play as he was recovering from both surgery and trying to get back into shape. But the, uh, certainly it, this year, 2018, looks promising. Uh, the win at uh, – he played well in Roland Garros, though he didn't get, get to the semis. Uh, and then you look at certainly the win at Wimbledon and then capped off recently by the win Cincinnati Open, giving him all nine Masters. Certainly a great accomplishment. And it speaks well for Novak moving into the U.S. Open. You have to like his chances. He is certainly a favorite here. Uh, it's, it's a lot of guys, obviously, who have a chance here. Uh, he will be facing – he could potentially face uh, Roger in the quarterfinals, which is kind of a rarity for this tournament in recent years. It certainly – in general, it wouldn't match up uh, those two guys until at least the semis, but a competitive field. But you can make a case for a lot of guys. You figure Rafael Nadal will come back strong, will be focused. He took a week off in Cincinnati to try to get ready here and get into shape. Uh, Raji would expect, would expect would come back strong. You look at Kevin Anderson, who came to the finals here last year and has played in two of the last four Grand Slam finals. He should be a factor as well. Chilich has played well at times uh, and not against 
Rafael Nadal, the first set he played against him in Canada, he certainly looked very impressive. And he gave uh, Novak quite a fight, two, three sets when he won in, when he lost to Novak in Cincinnati. So a lot of guys you can make a case for, but we know that our champ is the best and has a great chance to win here. And he certainly is rounding into form. So, and as Novak has mentioned a lot previously, uh, when, you know, when you go through these struggles like he did in late 2016 through early 2018, you certainly do appreciate uh, much more when you get to these championships. And it's uh, not only for Novak and for his family, but the fans too. And when we saw him struggle through 2016 and 17 and early 18, it, you know, you certainly wonder, you, you certainly hope that he would re- regain the form the way he showed in 2011 and 2015, but you certainly never know when, when, t- when guys are struggling athletes. And it's certainly gratifying for us as fans to see him play at that level as well. So thanks again to the Nole family out there. Thank you for listening. Again, we'd appreciate your follows on Twitter and follow the podcast out at podbean.com. Again, that's N-O-L-E-F-A-M if you'd like to follow us there. But thank you again for, for providing all the information and keeping everyone informed, this global network of Novak fans. We continue to, to enjoy and be inspired by what he does on and off the court. So we look forward to that. We'll have more podcasts at the U.S. Open this week in New York. Until then, I love you guys, Nola family, and we'll talk to you soon.